Strangers, and welcome to the Strange Horizons podcast for October 28, 2013. I'm your host and fearless leader, Anea Lay. This month we're podcasting the poetry from the Indian SF issue we put up at the end of September, and all of the poems from October. The first poem, from the end of September, is Tatakai, written and read by Shweta Narian. Shweta was born in India, has lived in Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, the Netherlands, Scotland, and California, and feels kinship with shapeshifters and other liminal beings. Shweta received an Octavia Butler Memorial Scholarship, was shortlisted for the 2012 Nebula Awards, and co-edits the speculative poetry zine, Stone Telling. Our next poem is How a Mermaid Spends Her Winters, by Marcel Dion, read by Julia Rios. Marcel is from Chicago, Illinois. Her work has appeared in many publications in print and online. Her most recent work has appeared in Full of Crow, Rainbow Rose E-Zine, Blue Lake Review, A Little Poetry, and Medusa's Kitchen. Our next poem is Slouching Towards the Garden, written by Margarita Tenser, read by Chiro Fansa. Margarita is a Ukrainian-born Aussie with a large comic book collection, an intense relationship with punctuation, and a pixie haircut, provided the pixie was dragged through a hedge backwards. She has previously had poetry published in Voiceworks and the UTS Anthology. Next is Ivy, written and read by April Grant. April lives in Boston. Her backstory includes time as a sidewalk musician, real estate agent, public historian, dishwasher, and librarian. Among her hobbies are biking and ruin appreciation. Her website is aprilgrant.org. Last but not least, we have Memento Mori, written and read by Richard Prinz. Richard received his MFA degree in poetry from New York University. Now he divides his time between managing a building in Brooklyn and consulting for an entertainment company in Dar es Salaam. His work appears in Los Angeles Review, Painted Bride Quarterly, Rattle, Redivider, and Thrush Poetry Journal. Now settle in. Let's begin. Tadakai by Shweta Narayan You call us shifters, but yoga never pulled me straight. Mantras couldn't. Shri Rama Rama Rameti Shape me to match the movies, comics, paintings, and those potions to turn me fair and lovely just made me ill. You say I shifted, but you broke me to fit. Now I write, speak, dream, and your English is so good, such a gift. No, don't believe it. You think I simply only forgot? I'm dislocated. Augustia named me monstrous. You call me special. Ram cut my hands off. You ripped out my packy-packy talks like these tongue. Now... I sound invisible to Ram, you. I disagree slantwise and smile, smile, but I never learn to stop fighting. Tamil falls broken, konjun konjun peshare, from my tongue's torn roots, and I write, speak, dream in blood. How a Mermaid Spends Her Winters by Marcel Dion She spends them on lonely doorsteps, waiting for them to open. She studies her pigeon. He finds her there, fins brown and shabby, but her face so divine. He lifts her light as a feather into his arms. In salt water, she tenderizes in his tub, till her fins come alive again, all blue and gold and quite appetizing. 
With directions from her, he knows how to do it. He lays her on his bed. He wipes her down with a terry cloth robe his mom gave him for Christmas. With a pizza cutter, he cuts into her fins to unveil heaven-sent smooth legs like the Venus Razor commercial promises. They eat the fins with butter. It tastes like lobster. They have sex every night, but with anything taken from the sea. After a week, it starts to stink. She waits till he goes to work, then she makes her move to move on. Always, she leaves her pigeon happy. If it wasn't for Sandy, she would have made it to Florida for the winter, instead of playing it safe and wintering in Chicago. How a mermaid spends her winters? Like an evangelist, she goes door to door. She is down now to two choices in this building. The man who wears dresses like a woman, or the woman that beards like a man. She chews the latter. She climbs the flight of stairs with ease. Before knocking on the door, she lays on the welcome mat, then takes the shaker of salt like cocaine to the head, watches as her fins start to grow. She wets and pouts her lips and gives her best fish-out-of-water eyes to whoever opens the door. Slouching Towards the Garden by Margarita Tenser All these birds, darkness, all these birds, a glass of water, cool, clear water, birds, the victor, yes, the spoils, no words for visions or for climbing down at last, and no words for the look astride your face. The spoiling water. All these birds. My name an apple split in thirds, inverted, honeycombed. A deepening bass from everywhere and nowhere in a roar is ringing through and through the world's penumbra. Nobody will touch the birds, and now the stag, the badger and the boar, heron and goat, mouths open wide, approach the pool where blood and sex, and yes, the birds undo and do, undo, and welcome us inside. Ivy by April Grant For Leia Zander Off to the tea in moonlight, drained of words, freezing in shirts we'd picked out in the day, we felt bricks rattle while the sidewalk groaned. The ivied lawns hollow beneath the leaves. Earthquakes were common to that river town, outdoing Moodus every seven minutes. Nowhere in Cambridge was there solid earth. Below a painting, which was art because the woman had her jugs out, we sat down one underneath each nipple. There we drank far too much coffee, while we reassured each other we weren't failures but we both sat, shivering and growing old, as though we'd chosen poorly hunting for the grail. The stones in Cambridge love to roll and crush the foot that treads them, while the whole walls lean, crusted and ivy, bent to pull them down. Purple with age each leaf, shaggy south walls, no new sprouts, only long and muscled wands to throw down fences, send webs out to hide the rotten porch, the coal chute left uncapped. We couldn't even rise on stepping stones of our dead selves to higher things. The selves were bloated blue and smiling, so we stacked a staircase made of stiffs. 
and yet they rolled. They fell away down through the ivy web, the void of subway shaft and open cave deep out of sight and gone without a crash. Neither of us could stand to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps when the first step slid end over end. Reflected in shop glass, my face was pale and weather-marked limestone. Under the ivy blanket, earth was cracked and hemorrhaging sand that sank away as we would sink when we gave in at last. Memento Mori by Richard Prinz The jawless skull has eaten the apples, not the pears. Life is stiller this way. St. Francis cradles the skull upside down in his palms. He drinks blood, not wine, from the skull's open stem, thinking it might have been Christ's or Apollo's. A rope is knotted where a neck used to breathe, dispossessing the skull marrow. His cloaks shining sooty blue in cave light. Somewhere else, wherever the jaw sought asylum, the skull is clapping its skull hands until they bleed, echoing cave light. It's a skull, and it don't give a damn. Welcome back. So what did you think of this slate of poems? Go to the website and leave a comment either on the poems themselves or on the podcast to let us know. While you're there, check out the rest of this week's content. We have two articles. One, The Convergence Between Poetry and the Fantastic, A Conversation, by Lavi Tidar and Shimon Adolf. And The Man from the Yellow Star, by Ilana Gomel. One last note before you go, Strange Horizons is an entirely volunteer organization supported by donations from our fans and community. If you would like to support us, check out the donate link on our website. That's all for this week. Until next time, stay strange.